and gentlemen, welcome to Supernatural Selection. I'm your host, Kevin the Bastard. With me this week, as always, are Mike the Skeptic. Mike, how you doing? Um, I'm doing holly and jolly in this post-Christmas fugue state. (laughs) Nice. And, of course, Mr. Undead David Davis, because I beat you to death with a shoe every week. How you doing, David? I'm doing okay. I'm just wondering when the fucking apocalypse is going to happen. We're, long overdue. Dude, we are in the middle of it. <laughs> uh, don't worry. The uh, the uh, super volcanoes due to blow any day now. Oh, man. If Yellowstone just, goes. Yeah. The Yellowstone called I'm just for the raining blood. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I don't know. There's going to be a lot of birds flying into engines for that. So, uh, once again, we have come to the Weekend Weird, where we have rounded up some interesting stories from around the web to talk about. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and go first with... uh, This is an article, and the thing is, both of mine are sort of old news that have, for some reason, been making the rounds lately. Uh, We're going to start with this. is from the Daily Mail. Uh, NASA looks to heavens for help. Agency enlisted 24 theologians to assess how the world will react to the discovery of alien life on distant planets and how it might change our perception of gods and creation. Now, Mike, you knew a little bit about this and you did some reading. When did this actually start? Like a decade ago? Um, it's so, uh, from what I understand, I can't, I didn't actually. I read a few sources, but I can't recall them. But mm-hmm. it's basically have has been going on for decades. Yes, but yeah. it's, so the most recent one though was that NASA sponsored a symposium. I don't remember what year, but it wasn't this year. I think it was like 2018, uh, something like yeah. that. Yeah, and they pumped um, about 1.1 million dollars into this. Yeah, I mean, it's, mm-hmm. and it's a symposium. It's it's not yeah. like they're hiring these people. They're yeah. just no. you know. It's for a bunch. They it, had a meeting. They had a. Yeah. They had a confab. It's, it's a it's preliminary a, talks. It's a convention yeah. for a bunch of like-minded people. <laughs> yeah. So it's a it's it's Comic Con for God nerds. Yeah. And to they, talk about aliens. And they do this for all kinds of uh, you know fields. You know, right. when, they're, when they're talking about doing science missions with space biologists and you know. shit. Yeah. Yeah, and so. physicists and stuff like that. So, of course, you're going to get a bunch of God folk together. Now, the thing is, like I said, they pumped uh, $1.1 million into putting this thing together, which has a lot to spend on cocktail hot dogs. And uh, yeah, I don't know. That could be some really good cocktail hot dogs. It depends if you go to Dollar Tree or not. Yeah. <clears throat> Wait, is that good or bad if they go to Dollar Tree? Uh, I, I wouldn't. I don't know if I'd want Dollar Tree cocktail wieners. Yeah, maybe Vienna's. But I kind of want. I kind of want cocktail wieners. I'd have yeah, those. Yeah, no, my God, I miss those things. My mom always, used to make them at Christmas. Always cocktail wieners or meatballs. I want both. Yeah, I want both the balls and the show. Okay, wait a minute. Wait, <laughs> let's back up here. All right. You know, you're talking about the cocktail wieners. You know those little Smokies. Yeah. yeah. My, my mom's thing. What she's do? She's take the little Smokies, the the cheese ones. Oh. Wrap them in bacon, and then uh, dip them in barbecue sauce, and do those as hors d'oeuvres. Oh, oh my! And that God. is why I'm fat. That's why I, I want to be fat. <laughs> Jesus, that sounds amazing. You tell your mom I really appreciate her giving us that idea. Holy crap! Like so, it, it is pretty, pretty damn good. Yeah. 
So here's the thing. After reading this article and several others, uh, the general thing, uh, it was it was a years-long discussion, uh, a lot of money thrown into this thing, and what they discovered is that some people are going to freak out and some people aren't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I like that. Just like some will be okay with it, which, you know, yeah. makes sense with, you know, looking at our media and sci-fi. But kind of like expecting it any day now. Yeah, but the thing is, literally, we know no more than we did before this started. This is this <laughs> well, we is, know they're talking to them. Sure, great. Okay, they're 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 talking all right. And uh, I just you know I feel kind of like, did we need to throw the money into this? Couldn't you have just figured that out so, from human so nature? Here's an interesting question. What do you think? What do you think would be the most accepting of if they came out and said, oh, yeah, there are aliens. Catholics. You know? would, it, would it be the religious people or would it be well, the atheists? Here's the thing. <clears throat> I think you have to subdivide it. I think there's a group of atheists that are going to freak out because they're like, no, 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 what? No. Just from, and I think that's more of. I don't think that's based on like them being atheists. I think it's based on like it's a major worldview change. It's going to freak somebody out. But as far as groups that are going to accept it the most out of religion, it's the Catholics. Because they're just batshit weird already? No, the Pope like kind of prepped the way a little bit by say by having the Vatican astronomer, which I did not know they had one. Well, I th- um. Kind of makes sense. And he was like, yeah, no, it makes perfect sense. God would make other other people out there. Why would he not? Yeah, um, I, I feel I feel like if you're going to have a problem with any group, like not accepting the idea of aliens, it's going to be like the evangelicals. Uh, yeah, I was actually just about to say Baptist. the, the yeah. Southern Baptists, uh, there is going to be a mass suicide. Or the uh, super, super uh, strict uh, Muslims. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. I know. I mean, I'm talking I, about like, I think you know. Islam actually, actually, yeah. Uh, Islam says that there are uh, other worlds. Well, I'm talking about, you know, the, the, the branches that spawn terrorists. Oh, the radical radical type yeah. groups. That's what I'm talking about. The super okay. strict. You could say about a, I don't know. about radical uh, Christianity. And yeah. That yeah. Not to, not to, yeah. Out of all of them, like basically your. Like you said, the the, the, the the radicalized groups of any religion are gonna freak out. Now you know who's gonna you know who's gonna be sitting there with a shit eating grin on their face? The, yep. the the uh saucer friends or whatever they're called. No. Oh what? Mormons. Oh yeah. I fucking told you fighters or, or, uh, God's an alien Scientologists. Battlestar Galactica is real <laughs> God Scientologists would just like you, they'd be insufferable afterwards. Not they uh, aren't they, insufferable the thing now, is, they don't actually believe it. They would just be like, "Oh shit, um, how are we going to spin this?" <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I have this weird feeling. It would be like, "Hello, we are from the planet Klongar in the fifth galaxy. We would like to open relations with your people, but first, you have to kill the Scientologists." <laughs> We've been monitoring your transmissions, and fuck those guys. In every group, I think there's going to be some people that freak out and some people that don't. You know, would be the the worst thing that could happen though if we found aliens. What's that? That 
if we found aliens and they have a religion that is strikingly close to one of ours. Oh, no. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't mind if it was like new wave, you know? Like, the universal consciousness. It's like, all right, you're insufferable pricks, great, whatever. But, yeah, no, if it's like, if they show up and they're Lathlicks. Or they're, they're, they're Mormons by another name. Oh, uh, yeah, like Mormons. Well, you know what I mean. <laughs> I mean, no, I'm just... Well, you know, I, I hope that if they are like the space hippie type, that they bring some of that dank cosmic weed. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> Freaking Venusian nugs. God, space drugs. You'd never stop. You know, oh, tripping. my Venusian God. nugs. <laughs> that would be great. I mean, like that—that—that's that, how they solve world problems. We just get so fucking high, we can't deal. <laughs> what happened to humanity? We introduced the good shit. Uh, that Martian sticky, <laughs> sticky, icky goodness from the stars. <laughs> All right, Mike, what have you got, buddy? Um, so out of the three. Things I looked at, which is the you most... you totally already had. You didn't yeah, totally just look them already up just now. Did. No, I, I will admit I've been doing some research while sitting here, but I had the general mm-hmm. ideas. No, no, my friend, I was covering for you. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> no, you. I'll admit when I'm, you know, doing this off the cuff, which is just about every time. Yeah, so, I don't know that planning on this show is your strong suit. So, so the biggest miracle in science that happened this week Mm. well actually last week technically because it was on christmas day which was a christmas miracle you know was the launch of the james webb space telescope i'm excited about Mm. that so put it put it in perspective this thing has been on the drawing board like it was first selected because the way nasa does it is they'll have a bunch of proposals Mm -hmm. and they'll down select down to one mission profile and they don't have like the hardware or anything mapped out at this point, but they have a vague like requirements and you know what they w- want to accomplish. This was down selected in 1998. Mm. You know what else was going on in 1998? No, no, 1996. I'm sorry, it was down selected 1996. Oh, what, what was the, it, Mike? The what else DLT was, was still being sold in markets up until 1998. So this thing <laughs> out predates the end of the DLT. It keeps the hot side hot and the cold side cold. How Thanks, do Jason Alexander. <laughs> but uh, but which is kind of you know synchronistic because it is one of its uh, fortes is it's an infrared telescope, so it has to keep its hot side hot and cold side cold because infrared is basically heat. So any heat that gets through is just noise. Yeah. So. Hmm. It is so. A lot of people say it's the successor to the Hubble Space Telescope. It's kind of is and kind of isn't because it does look in a different uh, light regime than, like it. Like I said, it's infrared where Hubble mm-hmm. was mostly visible light with some near infrared and some right. you know, close ultraviolet. Well, I mean, it was. It is <coughs> like a giant tube. Yeah, well, so. but it was it's basically a, well, it was a uh, repurposed uh, NSA uh, keyhole satellite. It was the 
actual structure and everything was built to, you know, as a spy satellite to, you know, look at the earth and you know, look at Ruskies. Well, that's fucking um, horrifying. Yeah, but but it was uh, retired when they went to on a new generation. So they gave, you know, what they had to NASA, um, which they repurposed to the Hubble and, you know, did great science with it. Because, you know, a telescope's a telescope. You just have to, you know, change your optics a little bit if you're looking, you know, deeper out. Right. And I mean, um, orbital telescopes are a great idea anyway because you don't have the atmosphere to deal you with. You don't have atmosphere. You don't have you know weather to deal light with. Pollution, light pollution, um, birds. Yeah, birds. Just just everything. I mean, it does birds make things real. obviously a lot more expensive because you know. Sure, you got to get it there. Um, but and if something goes wrong, you can't just you know fix it, which we saw with you know was it three Hubble uh, servicing missions with the space shuttle? Mm-hmm. So, but the Webb telescope is infrared because as you, if you think about it, the further light comes from, you know, to us, the, the far, the longer light travels because of a Doppler effect, it shifts into the infrared. So you, yeah. So yeah. it's looking in infrared to see light that originally was visible back, you know, billions of years ago thank you carl sagan billions and billions of years <laughs> billions ago and billions because the, the, the hubble planet the hubble in its uh ultra deep field surveys was able to see back almost i'm trying to remember the numbers almost like 10 billion out of the f- almost 14 billion years we know the universe has, has existed and so they're still. I'm surprised it actually was able to see back that far. Mm-hmm. So like, you know that, that that always that always freaks me out, man. Just yeah, like the, just thinking about that is like when you're looking into a telescope, you are looking into the past like yeah. that. I know uh, it's fact, awesome, humbling, and terrifying. The fact that we've been able to see a majority of the universe's life, at least examples of it, mm-hmm. and this will, you know, because of the, and that's as far as it can see because of this redshift in the light. So the Webb Telescope will be able to look further and hopefully see into see uh, residuals from the Big Bang. Mm-hmm. That's mind blowing. Yeah, but it, it's freaky, dude. So freaky. So so and and one of the running the reason this is so you know weird is because it, like I said, it's been trying to be built and launched for the better part of three decades Mm -hmm. um it the running joke was the number of days since the web telescope has been delayed i mean it's just it's the number of delays is probably in the hundreds it was delayed even once it was finished and transported to french guiana where it was going to be launched from they still had an incident where it slipped off of one of its mounts i remember that and this was like you know around thanksgiving it slipped off one of its mounts so they had to check it out and make sure that didn't damage anything i mean it's just this ludicrous amount of not only cost overruns, budget over you know budget overruns. The thing, I think it was originally slated to cost like two billion dollars or something like that. So what uh, does the universe not want us to see that? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but but the the out the cost eventually rose to over ten billion dollars. Jesus. But on a good note, so it's out there. Seems to have been you know perfectly inserted by the. Uh, 
ESA's Ariane 5 rocket. It was in such, put in such a perfect, uh, I wouldn't say orbit, but it was so close to its ideal trajectory that they're saying that because it has to use its propellant, onboard propellant, to uh, keep it in its... Okay, so it's going to the L2 Lagrange point. Mm-hmm. Or is it L3? No, it's L2. 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 I, I saw it earlier. It's yeah. L2. So, which is beyond the orbit of the moon. So it's basically orbiting the sun, but in the same uh, velocity as the Earth. So it's always going to be on the outside of the Earth and sun and moon, um, but it's always going to be with us. But because of its orbit, it's actually doing a halo orbit where it's like out there circling around this point. It needs its thrusters to keep that orbit. It doesn't need a lot of fuel, but... The more fuel it needed to get there, the less fuel it'd be able to have to stay there. But and so, because of this perfect insertion, they're saying its uh, operational lifetime could be more than ten years. Nice. And you know, it, they were looking. They said the best case, the worst case scenario, but still considered a success, would be five years. Wow. So that's impressive. Yeah. So, I, I just the, the idea of being able to plop it into that sort of orbit and account for all of that, like the, these guys are geniuses, and like I, absolutely. I wish I was as smart as they are. Oh yeah, no, it's uh currently it is uh three hundred seventy eight thousand miles from Earth, on its way out to its like I think it's almost a million miles. Its final orbit is. Mm. It's like almost it's like eight hundred nine hundred something thousand miles. Man, that we're talking about distances that can only be expressed in love songs. <laughs> I would walk five hundred miles, and I would insert a satellite at a million. Um, <laughs> so here's two questions. Sure. All right, number one. <clears throat> well, this isn't a question, but an observation. Somebody asked how it can see so far, and my first thought was, I don't know, it's a fucking longer tube. Uh, <laughs> I understand now. <laughs> but I was like, they just fucking like. Tw- they used a paper like- towel tube instead of a toilet paper tube. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's it. Yeah, and you know, coming down uh, to optics, obviously, it uh, it has the a very large mirror. Like it, the Hubble telescope's mm-hmm. mirror was roughly about the so- the height of a man. It was about like six foot in diameter. Mm-hmm. You know, this one, oh gosh, I wish I This is a count. Kind of, I remember when they were making it because, like, they talked about the fact that the mirror had to be, it's like it had to be poured lying down and they had to go through, like, yeah. all this stuff to make sure it was fucking perfect. Well, the Webb telescope gets around that because it uses a segmented mirror. Mm-hmm. It's uh, several sections. I'm trying to, I don't remember how many, but it's, they're all hexagonal. And okay. each section is individually focusable and steerable. Oh, that's awesome. So, so there, you think about it, the, the mirror, each hexagonal section actually has a motor that can, like, pull on it to make it, like, more or less curved mm-hmm. and also be so it can, rotated. It can, oh, that's awesome, dude. Or not rotated, but gimbaled. So you got a new plot focus. point for a new... You got a plot point for a new Bond movie. Some supervillain's <laughs> going to like take control of it and point the mirror towards the sun and bounce it towards Earth and create a death ray. Uh, Ooh, I well, like that. <laughs> um, but the mirror is 21 feet in diameter. Holy shit. So it's, yeah, it's 
huge. It's so big that it actually folds. The sides of it actually fold over so it could fit in the uh, rocket payload fairing. Damn. Oh, the disco ball. Yeah. yeah, no kidding. So here's my question. Hmm. All right. So this thing, let's say they see back to the beginning of the universe. Mike, what do you think they see? I don't know. I mean, I don't. I have no idea. I mean, so it can see lots of things, not just that. I oh, mean, I know, but that, like just speculative. Like, if if what what do you think? Just um, take a stab. I mean, I really don't know what you know. I haven't not really boned up on my like. Just say the Big Bang. Big Bang. Uh, <laughs> Sheldon. Uh, it's gonna be Sheldon. Okay, if, it's, if it's just that guy from the Big Bang Theory, yeah, it's uh, just gonna be Sheldon saying Bazinga, and then the universe came into existence. Yeah, I- I'm gonna say Yog Sothoth. Ooh, nice. I like that. Um, I think it's gonna be two ass cheeks spread by hands, <laughs> and just the universe coming out of its asshole. Yeah, that's it. Well, and but the cool thing is, it doesn't have to look. That's not the only thing it does because it has multiple instruments. Like it's actually going to be used for you know our solar system planetary science. Oh, sure, too. yeah. They can point it at you know whatever the fuck they want to in the the inner solar system, and hey, look Jupiter's at it. got a bald spot. Yeah. NASA does not believe in unitaskers. No, and no, so, they're like Alton Brown, like that. Well, not only that, but the, you know, they they have kind of like separate data paths for them to like say, okay, well, here's the ones. If you want to look at this kind of thing, submit your uh, ideas for looking at you know stuff in the solar system and stuff you know in other other solar systems or other you know galaxies. And then there's mm-hmm. of course there's the the deep field, what they call deep field, which is basically look at something that looks like a blank area of sky oh, yeah, and just yeah. zoom the that's fuck in as far as you like can. Some tiny little pixel of the sky, and then that's when you get pictures of, like, billions of galaxies. Yeah. yeah. Well, that is that is freaking awesome. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm excited that it's getting there. We're going to get some amazing new photos, and uh, let's just hope that NASA never turns against us. <laughs> yeah, so we have about... Let's see here. It's about... 25 more days till it reaches its uh, final uh, orbit and about another 120 days after that till it's fully commissioned they you know they do all their yeah. checkouts and all that good stuff well, I was gonna so, say that's really close to your birthday well when it gets there yeah yeah but, you know so yeah we'll at least know if everything has gone to plan I really hope it does right <laughs> Because it's, it's going to be a hell of a van drive out there to work on it. No shit. So, uh, David, what have you got for us? Okay, I got a really silly one for you, so I'm just going to go ahead and read this to you. Okay. Dog and goat found running loose together in South Carolina. <laughs> December 22nd, United Press International. Authorities yeah. in South Carolina said they are trying to find the owner of a lost dog and an accompanying goat. The Anderson County Sheriff's Office said the animal control deputies were dispatched Tuesday when a dog and a goat were spotted running loose in the Martin Creek Road area. The dog and goat, who appear to be companions from the same home, were rounded up and taken to the shelter. The Sheriff's Office said it wants to return the animals to their home. And in an update, yes, the animals were reunited with their owner. I freaking love that so much. I mean, that's adorable. Why were the dog and the goat together? 
Um, well, here's the thing. Goats actually make friends with other animals very easily. And I'm going to school you on an idiom real quick. Oh. Um, you know the phrase that really gets my goat? Yeah. Okay, so racehorses uh, would get lonely in their stalls. So it was common practice for uh, the owners to get a little goat. And the horse would make a friend because goats just warm up to other animals really and, easily. And isn't it dangerous to like have other horses? Yes, together yes, they, they they will fight. Yeah. So what they do is they would get a goat, and if you were an unscrupulous bastard, if you want to make sure a horse was going to lose, you would steal the horse's goat and it would become Ooh. depressed and perform poorly. So that's where the phrase that gets my goat comes from. So, goats just make friends with other animals really easily. And, uh... You know, same thing with dogs, actually. Yeah. Because uh, for a lot of the big cats in, um, like, animal preservation, uh, Mm -hmm. a lot of big cats, they partner them up uh, with dogs. You you see it a lot. Like, you got these uh, big, you know, like, leopards and tigers and that sort of thing, and they'll they'll have a dog that hangs out with them, and the dog Mm -hmm. and the cat just get along. Hmm. So, yeah, I've seen like big cats with dogs. I never really thought about that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can I can send you uh, gifs of it. I can send you just all these little gifs and webums of just like cats and dogs hanging out. Like, like I'm talking about big cats, mm-hmm. cats and, and dogs yeah, yeah, like living cheetahs. together. Totally yeah, yeah mass hysteria. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, it you just, guys! <laughs> it just it is such a cute little thing. But I'm like, is. there's something sinister here. Is is the goat? It, because you know, goats and dogs are also representative uh, uh, beings in uh, witchcraft. Is familiar. Oh sure, yeah. I mean, so like maybe, you look in paintings. Like for the witch. I mean, you look in paintings by like Hieronymus Bosch. You know, mm-hmm. you'll probably see something along those lines. I don't think there's anything sinister going on here. I think this is fucking adorable. And if they are looking for a witch, I hope they find her. Mm-hmm. Because this is I, just I a, too damn cute. I had a family friend who uh, had a goat, and I mm-hmm. swear to God, the goat w- would say "mama." Oh wow! Yeah, I had a friend with uh, a talking know, cat. But that's not nearly as cool. <laughs> well, obviously, like the goat isn't saying "mama," but like just it's, Mama! they were able to train the goat to. Mm-hmm. They were able to train the goat to say something close to it. So sure. Now, Mike, you have a story about a goat, like a personal story, like some oh, goats. Yes, I do. Yeah, Open that trauma. So, uh, <laughs> okay, let me preface this. I'm just going to go ahead and lay down that uh, Mike was uh, living on this street near uh, where I was working. And they had a, when they first moved in, there was a trampoline in the backyard. And yeah. that's all I want to start with. Yeah, so there was this trampoline. I mean, I know what you're getting at. I was you know, going there. But uh, so there's this trampoline, and my mom, who was, uh, so this was like right after. My dad passed. So mm-hmm. my mom was living like away and she came back, you know, I guess because, you know, guilt, I don't know, guilt, whatever, but to help me and my brother. And we got a house and we moved in. There was this trampoline in the backyard, perfectly fine trampoline. I mean, it wasn't like old or rotted or anything. We never used it, though, because we're a couple of, you know, grown ass dudes. Wants to jump on a trampoline and have fun and be all carefree and shit. Uh, Warren, um, but yeah. uh, but so she traded the trampoline for a pair of goats, a mama goat and her son goat, and 
I just come home one day and so the way this house was set up, like the garage was a convert was converted into a room and that was my room. So I'd yeah. come in the side door and it was like this little like hallway vestibule type thing. So if you turn right, you go into the kitchen, you turn left, you go into my room, you look out straight is the door to the backyard. Mm-hmm. And so I come in that door, straight out the back door, I see two fucking goats in the backyard. Uh, so I go to my mom, and I'm like, there's goats in the fucking backyard. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't expecting goats in the motherfucking backyard. Yeah. And she's told me she traded the trampoline for it. I'm like, all right. So we lived with these goats for a while. Didn't have to, like, feed them. They were just ate the fucking grass. And the, the boy goat had, like, the biggest nuts you've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, like, Jesus Christ. It just turned around one day when I happened to be looking at it, and I saw him. I was like, "How?" I mean, good for you. It was like a quarter of the goat's body weights were were his nuts. <laughs> and he wasn't even fast. a big Damn. wasn't even a big goat. He was like you know he was like half the size of his mom at this point. So, <laughs> so and then you know this goes on for a couple of months, just ideal idyllic life with some goats in the backyard. And I come home one day. And the goats are gone. I ask my mom, hey, what happened to the goats? And she tells me she sold them to a... I'm trying to remember what... Was he Nigerian? I can't remember if it was Nigerian or... No, Ethiopian family. Ah, okay. Sold them oh, to no. an Ethiopian mm-hmm. family. And they were going to eat them. Mm. I never got close to the goats, so it wasn't no skin off my teeth or anything, but back whatever you call that saying that idiom <laughs> but uh yeah so that's my goat story not super is there yeah. anything specific you were looking for kevin Cause no I, I just thought it was funny you had a goat story and we're talking yeah. about a goat and a dog so well, at least this goat didn't get, get eaten I presume. yeah so no yeah, this okay. goat is being taken care of with the dog the dog got eaten though but oh no. that's bad <laughs> so I just, I think it's adorable. And if they're looking for a witch, great. I hope it turns out to be Samantha from Bewitched. Just saying. Love it. Yeah. So, uh, I've got another... Okay, here's a a quick question before we move on. Um, What do you do if you find a goat and a dog, and they're like best buds? I don't know. Is this a joke? No, it's not a joke. I'm just saying, oh, like, because I'm like, I, I can't believe you had that in your repertoire there. Yeah, no, I'm just saying, like, you know, do you keep them? Do you like try to find the owners? Do you call animal control? What, what, well, what do mean, you do? Give them a stern talking to. <laughs> Look, you sons of bitches. Oh. <laughs> I mean, if I saw a goat and a dog hanging out, I'd probably call like animal control. Okay. And, uh, I hope they get reunited with their family, and it looks like, yeah, I mean, if you're missing a, a dog and a goat, and they, like, really care for each other, and they're best friends, you're going to do everything you can to find them, because that's yeah. that's a wonderful thing. You don't want to lose that. You don't want to lose your dog and your goat. Yep. So, all right, well, my last one here that I've got is, um, is uh, sciencealert.com. And this is, uh, let's see, it came out yesterday, no, two days ago. And the original version of this article, again, 
was first published in August 2018. And uh, this article was actually submitted to us by Man in Black from the Discord. Mm. So if you want to submit you. stories, you can do that uh, in the Discord. So uh, the title of this one, A Weird Paper Tests the Limits of Science by Claiming Octopuses Come from Space. Mm. Space of pusses. Now, also, I'm not, you know, not to be one of those guys, but isn't it octopi? Um, I thought maybe. it was octopi. So, mm-hmm. uh, well, anyway. Uh, I have no dog in that hunt. And now, uh, here's the interesting thing about it. A total of 33 names were listed as authors on this review, which was published by Progress in Biophysics and Molecular Biology back in August of 2018. journal is peer-reviewed and fairly well-cited, so it's not exactly small, and it's not a niche pay-for-publish source, according to the article. The general idea that this thing is putting forward is that cephalopods somehow came to Earth on a comet or an asteroid. Like, in the form of... Basically, this whole article talks about the concept of panspermia. Are you guys familiar with that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. For those at home, panspermia is the idea that life was seeded here from space, not by aliens or anything. But they're saying that Octopus are so unique, not just octopus, but like, you know, um, cephalopods are so unique on the planet that uh, they, I mean, they can write DNA on the fly, they spit ink, they have these weird ass eyes, they're shockingly intelligent, you know, especially octopi. They just, you know, and there's a recent, another recent study that said their DNA is just like weird on Earth. And they're saying that they could have been the result of panspermia, like a virus or a retrovirus or fucking octopus eggs or something, coming in from a comet and crashing on Earth in the waters. And, uh, you know, everybody's saying, well, there's no proof that it did or didn't happen. It's just an interesting thought experiment. And I think, you know, why not? I mean, they can regenerate limbs and everything, which is not common unless you're like an amphibian or a worm um and even that could have come from this alien dna being absorbed by uh single-celled organisms or something who knows i don't i don't have the science but uh you know it it, it it's not completely out of the realm of possibility i don't think you know i i would say that yeah i mean there's that potential like I, I don't imagine it's any form of like super. Well, I mean, all life in its way is complex. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the circumstances that led to the generation of that life. Um, but when I say like non-complex life, I'm talking about like microbes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like a microbe right. hitching a ride on an asteroid. The asteroid heats up in the atmosphere. The microbe reproduces from mm-hmm. there. Um, like I could see that. I could totally right. see that being a thing. Yeah. Also, this is uh, the report is titled "Cause of the Cambrian Explosion: Terrestrial or Cosmic?" Which a Cambrian explosion was like just fucking life really branched out and diversified during the Cambrian explosion. Yeah, yeah. And uh, this is just saying, hey, uh, let's see. The uh, polls on existing research to conclude that a reign of extraterrestrial retroviruses played a key role in the diversification of life in our oceans roughly half a billion years ago. 
I don't see a problem with uh, this being a working theory. God damn it, Mike. <laughs> Just... I mean, to have such a large effect on uh, the evolution of a species. I mean, so to say that it in it somehow this genetic material. I mean, I uh, <laughs> so it's octopus DNA. Uh, yeah, it says the genetics that, of the organism, which today include octopi, octopi squid, and cuttlefish, or uh, wait, no, that's not what I'm supposed to be reading. The revi- the arrival of whole genomes frozen in stasis yeah, before being so, thawed out in our tepid waters. But so that's that's genetic material. Mm-hmm. But genetic material is not a life form. Sure, but you know, it, like the, in a retrovirus. Yes. So, is there a chance that there's non-Earth-bound DNA somewhere in that mix, basically? But, so what I'm saying is that anything that, if that did happen, anything it created would look nothing like whatever it came from. Okay. Because, say there is an o- a, a space octopus, like, you know, wherever <laughs> it is, yeah, either okay. on a planet or something, this comet, this, you know, asteroid, comet, whatever, picked up DNA from it. Mm-hmm brought it over to here right and then so it crashed on the earth and now there's this dna Mm -hmm. somehow it has to get you know retrovirus or whatever into an organism but that dna is not going to help this organism because it's completely different than what it is like if it gets in a single cell organism so what it's not gonna you know know what to do with this octopus Mm -hmm. dna I mean, yeah, there's a lot of junk D, or at least we know we think of it as junk DNA in organisms because we don't know what it does. Right. But but there's a lot of, but we just because we don't don't know what it does doesn't mean it actually doesn't serve a function. Unidentified DNA whose purpose is unidentified currently. Yeah. So, I just I mean I'm not saying it's impossible. I I don't have the knowledge to say that, but. It just seems a little unlikely. Yeah. So, so then, what if what if it's just a single cell organism that you know it finds Earth to be conducive to reproducing, and it reproduces, and then eventually, it, through evolution, you end up getting you know the the uh, cephalopods. Like, is that possible? You think? Oh, oh, sure. But then it's just it will it evolved in uh, it evolved Similar. in well it evolved in answer to the conditions of the earth right and therefore the cephalopod was the ideal form for it to take right therefore if if it was left on its home planet it would have evolved completely differently because it had a separate separate set of uh circumstances sure i mean that's completely fair I, i think what we're we're aiming for here though is like is there a chance that some sort of cell or something from outside of earth could it have grown and thrived here oh yeah i mean that's totally plausible i mean something i've thought of before too is shit what if that's where water layers came from you know tardigrades yeah or just anything i mean you know there's kind of the thought that you know what if life originally came from mars and was you know single cell organisms hitched a ride over here and you know (laughs) you know we don't know 
Yeah. But yeah. now, but the idea that you know alien gen, uh, genes somehow right. made their way into you know terrestrial. I mean, yes, octopuses yeah. are fucking weird. Yes, but <clears throat> but I'm and the, the, I'm assuming they all. There's also the problem of being of little bones. Yeah, there is not a whole lot of good archaeological record of them. It's probably yeah. very yeah. hard to find the, you know, ancient ancestors of modern octopi because right. they don't really fossilize. And well, now, you know, can I ask you a question? Hmm, sure. Okay, uh, how smart do you think these things are? Do you think they could ever reach near human intelligence? Octopi? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, octopi are surprisingly smart. H- have you seen uh, The Future is Wild? No. no. Okay, uh, so I'm going to recommend that you check this out. I'm not sure where you can get it. Um, they, they did a... You know I'm how Discovery pretty sure did, it's on like, one of our streaming services right. we have. You, you know how Discovery did Walking with Dinosaurs? Yeah. And yeah. they did Walking with Prehistoric Beasts. Mm-hmm. They also this did is, one called Alien is, Planet. Mm-hmm. Well, The Future is Wild is, this is a like docu-series. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. I there's actually a book that uh is similar to this. Uh mm-hmm. the guy did Man After Man and Yeah, uh, Douglas Dixon. Yeah. He was involved in it. Yes. So, so yeah, uh, sorry. what what the, the oh, no, it's cool. It's cool cuz you know anytime you get a chance to mention Douglas Dixon do it. Um <laughs> but no, um like with the future's wild the the whole conceit is that like humans leave earth, leave earth on its own and it checks how animals evolve like 1 million, 10 million, 100 million years in the future. And in the last segment, they introduce uh, the new intelligent life on Earth, which ends up being terrestrial cephalopods. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, I, you know, just it's one of those things that's like always fascinated me. But, like, you know, I, I, I feel like if we weren't around, they would take over. Like, and this is, like, hundreds of millions of years in the future or whatever, but, like, they, they mm-hmm. seem like the the potential successors for like the most intelligent like th- to be able to create some form yeah. of rudimentary civilization sure i i think all the primates would have to die out for that because without humans i think another primate because they're just so so close oh they cover um, they cover that in the, the oh, future. Like, talk about that like the mammals, the mammals die off completely. Oh, uh, okay. Like One hundred okay. million years. Like the so final is, mammals, mm-hmm. um, they're like guinea pig-like animals that are essentially farmed by spiders. It's it's weird. Like the spiders will create like these little areas for these little guinea pigs to feed, and then they would feed on the guinea pigs. Oh wow, that's um, fucked up. It's it's creepy as shit, man. I love yeah. it. Like, oh, so I good. need to check that out. But uh, I mean, like, I got to thinking. Well, what about dolphins? And I realized, you know, it's really easy when you just like fucking. You're a you're an octopus and you just fucking plug up that plug up the hole. hole. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad we both went there. Like, you just, yeah, you, you just plug that yeah. hole and that dolphin's over with. Yeah, no, or you just like squeeze in there and like fucking throttle its brain and come out the clear mouth like, like a monster. Like a suit. Yeah, oh my god, that would it be amazing. A oh my god, just, no, dude. Just just a uh, octopi using dolphins as like horses. My wife just came out into here and she's just looking at me. She has no context what's going on. She's just shaking her head like, what the fuck? <laughs> and this is why we love our significant others. So, um, here, here's the thing. Do you know why I think octopi are definitely uh, foreign DNA from the Earth? Sure. Because on Earth, 
Nature wants everything to be a crab. Well, that's, you know. Nature abhors a crab vacuum. Yeah, but these are octopus. I know. I'd but rather have crab guess, rangoon guess what, than crab vacuum. Kevin, yeah? guess, guess what octopus eat? Crabs. And that's why they're an invasive species. No. They're just evolved well, to eat Earth's most common, no. you know, bug. Sure, but do you remember what we were talking about earlier with hmm. how stupid crustaceans are? Oh, God, they're so dumb. I mean, like, like seriously. I was, I was marveling that the fact that you don't really hear about any any kind of uh, invertebrate that has an exoskeleton, be it bugs, or you don't find smart ones, really. They're they're all pretty and, stupid. Well, what about ants? Well, well, you know that's that's that's, a, that's I think that's, that's like it's a different intelligence. Though. It's, it's like a hive mind, but it, lobsters don't have hive minds. I'm just saying but, that but we're still talking about things with shells, though. I'm saying, yeah, you know, okay. Well, so you have you know some pretty smart birds. Have mm-hmm. some pretty you know octopus are smart. You know, Dolphins. there's a lot of yeah mammals that there are a lot of mammals that can you know be shown to have different levels of intelligence yeah god never give a chimp a machine gun but no matter how big we've seen those movies no matter how big a crustacean gets it's just dumb as fuck <laughs> like somewhere in the background mother nature sitting there going you know what this planet needs pissed off rocks I mean, admittedly, like, well, there. I guess there are some kind of smart uh, reptiles. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. I mean, like, I've never heard of a crustacean being described as even as smart as like a goldfish. Like goldfish, they say have you know, a very short memories. Not not as short as most people. Most people say like you know, fifteen seconds or something. Yeah, that's but not true. They can like memorize and remember things through their life. Not a whole lot, but yeah. But I've never heard of anybody training like a crab. <laughs> it's like, all right, all right, Hercules the crab. I want you to learn this thing. Don't pull your arm off. Don't put. He pulled his arm off. God damn it! My my speculation was that you know they have to in order to grow they have to molt their exoskeleton. Maybe that's just too much, you know, energy because you got to basically think if you had to rip off your skin. Every time you wanted to grow, that's a lot of energy to go into. Sounds like a Clive Barker story. Oh, oh my God. Well, lizards (laughs) shed their skin, but that's because they don't. I mean, people, we shed our our skin. It's just a little bit at a time, little flakes off, whereas they do it all at once. But a. That's the difference between science and horror. Science is okay, you got to shed your skin. Horror is when it comes off in one big chunk immediately. And, yeah. scr- and there's a screaming bloody mass underneath. Or you're just this this soft-shelled, you know, thing that now has to harden its own skin again. Or else it has no bones. Oh, my gosh. That's a nightmare. So, I, I was just thinking <laughs> that maybe that. that, you know, you having to regrow your skin every so often probably is a big energy sink. And what what mm. does not is not conducive to smart brains... Energy a lack usage. of energy, yeah. Sure. yeah. Well, you know, I, it takes I'm a lot of energy o- for this brain meat. I'm kind of okay with that because the last thing I want is an intelligent crab that knows I'm looking at it, thinking you're delicious. 
Crab no. people. Crab they'd, people. They'd be cool with me because I'm not eating them mud bugs. Oh, I love to eat those things. I mean, like, seriously, when you think about it, they're just kind of armor-plated nervous systems. Mm. That's pretty much it. It's just... And, and like, I, I looked at a crab. Like, okay, we got this Asian rest, uh, restaurant slash uh, grocery store mm-hmm. called Mr. Chin's. Fantastic food, and it's fun going through there, but, like, the the trough of crabs, <laughs> for lack of a better term, is just depressing because, like, I'm looking at one, and I'm like, hey, buddy, how you doing? And he's, he looks up at me, and he just pulls his fucking arm off i'm like shit you're hardcore i'm gonna leave you with that one yeah no i'm not fucking around with this that's a real power move there yeah no seriously you imagine you're just sitting there in the bus stop and it's like hey how you doing today sir dude pulls his fucking left arm off and stares at you the whole time that is like I'm not fucking with that dude. I don't yeah, care if he's just like skinny as hell. I'm not the, fucking with him. That's the ultimate flex. <laughs> really is. I mean, if, pro tip: if you ever get robbed, just pull your own arm off. They won't fuck with you then, will they? <laughs> yeah, no shit. So, uh, all right, that was mine, Mike. What else you got there? So not a whole lot. So, um, I haven't been able to find a whole lot of. I read this thing, but I can't find the original source so that's okay take this let's, with a grain of salt let's go with hearsay but uh so do you know what tabby star is is that a jazz musician no what is tabby star so also known as wow that's a word boya jane star and what the fucks or wtf star what the fuck star is this the one this, this is the one that uh was seen to be dimming right and I didn't know why and we thought it might be the artificial structure well so there was several theories that was one of them so that was uh, a couple of years ago right like mm-hmm. early maybe last year or something so something they have found it's not really much of a change on this one although the i think the the periods are not you know, from year to year, well, not year, obviously, the year for this star is going to be different than our year. But over a long enough time, you'd expect the patterns to repeat regularly, right? Sure. Right. As if it is something orbiting like a dust cloud or something. Well, it doesn't seem to be lining up too much. But the other thing is we're starting to see other stars in, I can't say the the same vicinity, they're not like close by, but if you, you know same region look, yeah, the same, if you look at that area of the sky other stars in that kind of similar area we're still talking about you know vast distances because cosmically but you know other stars are see they're seeing the same thing but only in that area like if you look off you know way behind you at stars over there you're not seeing it happen like that so you're so, telling me the universe is running out of power <laughs> could be i think Fuck. they pulled one of the stars out put the blinker star in oh yeah yeah you're just blinking over there mm-hmm. you know like you uh, christmas like, lights yeah, yeah. here's here's another thought though what if it's eyes 
No, they're just dimming very slightly. It's mm. it's blinking, that's all. But no, they're all the same kind of similar stars. They're they're all uh, main sequence stars and of the same sort of, you know, composition and life's life uh expectancy. Well, not expectancy, but period in their lifespan. Right, right, right. Because, you know, it only, it's a type two civilization um, yeah. where, where they're able to kind of like use stars as energy. So it just could be a Ooh. large star field being used to power a civilization. You know, that's way better than my theory, which is the fuses going out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, that would be exciting if it was. But this is another thing that, you know our hero and savior as long as it works right uh the james webb telescope can you know look at yeah and undoubtedly it there is a time scheduled to look at this oh uh oh yeah phenomenon well, i imagine there's a nice queue of things like oh look yeah. at this look at that look at this oh yeah it's and because and it's good though because the james webb because where it is it's field of view not to go back all james webb yeah. talking again but but just because of where it is, it only has a very small area of the sky. It can Well, not small, but it has a field of view it can look at. And it changes throughout the year. So, you know, it can look at this, this part of the year, and then look at something else as it goes, as it swings around. It makes you wonder how long that list of things they want to look at is. Oh, it's probably. If it's anything like what I've seen with Hubble, it they'll never run out of things to look at. I'm just thinking about how long it would take the Google Doc to load for the list. <laughs> Oof. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I I would like to see that list. I don't think it's like public. Yeah. Right now. It's just absolutely fascinating, though. Um, just that people don't give NASA enough credit for what they're able to do, and that telescope is going to like revolutionize things in a way that like I don't think a lot of people uh, really understand. Yeah, I mean just. So the Hubble was revolutionary enough, you know, in what it, in its capability. It's a limited capability that it's still a valuable asset even today. You know, some I think thirty years after it launched, it's when it was when it was having trouble. Like earlier this year, or was it last year? It was having uh, reaction wheel troubles, which the reaction wheels, you can think of them as just big gyroscopes that help point the telescope. Um, they uses basically spinning wheels. And just like, you know, a bicycle wheel, if you spin it, you hold it, and you, like, turn the wheel, it makes you, you know, imparts a force on you. Well, it does that for all its uh, fine pointing. That way it's not, you know, burning fuel. Well, it started having trouble with its reaction wheels. And it was a big deal. People were starting to freak out that the Hubble was going to be, you know, unusable within, you know, months. But luckily they figured out how to how to work around the problems and to actually get them back working again. They hit it with a hammer. Yeah. A space hammer. They just threw rocks at it from a distance. Yep. Pretty much just they cavemaned it. They so. HG Wells that shit and shot a <laughs> cannon. <laughs> they hit it with a rock. I still don't see why we didn't develop the uh, space cannon as a way to get into space, but that's me. Uh, because people like to arrive in orbit not as toothpaste. Ah, damn it. So so what do you guys think? Uh, so Tabby Star, 
I mean, I'm not saying it can't be aliens. I want it to be aliens. Mm-hmm. But, I, I mean, my, the pessimist in me has to be like, it's not going to be that cool. It's just going to be like clouds mm-hmm. of dust or yeah. something boring like that. Um, what? So, what so do y'all how- think? Anyone here thinks it's aliens? Oh, I, I would love for it to be a type 2 civilization, but I, I have a question. How many billions of years in the past, when we look at that, how oh, many billions of years in the past? Let's see here. Do, do, do. Let's see if I can find how. It is uh, 1,400 light years from Earth. Oh, shit. So we're looking at its past, you know, 1,400 years ago. Almost oh, so 1,500 not, not years. That- that's actually not that. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. It's pretty back close. In the past. It's not as bad as I thought. It's in the constellation Cygnus. Ooh, cool. Cygnus nuts. Oh, <laughs> that's your one. Damn. <laughs> so, uh, so like obviously, it would be amazing if it's like a Type Two civilization that's mm-hmm. harvesting stars. Um, also, extremely terrifying. Um, I was gonna say if it was billions of years in the past, it may be that those stars are just dying, but. You know, I guess that wouldn't be the case. I think what if, and of course I hope it's aliens. I mean, that's, that's all three of us are like, I hope it's aliens, but I, what if it's like some kind of bizarre dimming effect caused by dark matter? Oh, what was that? I just saw a, that's something I couldn't remember. Uh, so go ahead. Um, well, that's it. That's it. Just so like dark, some kind of dark matter thing. I hear typing. Like a so, fog of dark matter? I don't know. Yeah. Or, yeah. Something like I, that. I don't know if dark matter works that way. I don't know. Dark dust. Who knows? I, I, we don't really know anything about dark matter, so maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. Oh, I just saw a thing about dark matter, and I can't remember what it said. Um... Well, that's not very helpful right now. No, no, it's not. It's not. It turns out there is no dark matter. It's all just Jesus. Jesus is huge. (laughs) He's huge and takes up a vast portion of the universe. Uh, (laughs) So So I think so. I don't think it could be dark matter because by its understood nature, it's unobservable. It doesn't interact especially with light, the way we expect matter to. That's why it's called dark matter, because it doesn't seem to obstruct light or give off light. Could it just be, like, dust and gas? Yeah, so... Wait, wait, wait. Before you go explaining the dust-gas thing, are you telling me that dark matter is basically made-upium? Well, yeah. I mean, dark matter isn't anything we know about dark matter is basically dark matter is a name we've given something for a phenomenon we don't understand yet okay well it's so it is we see a phenomenon that would be explained by matter but we mm -hmm. don't see matter so it's either the matter is dark and it is unobservable okay or there is a phenomenon we don't understand okay let me let me throw this out there all right let's say that we're living in a simulation for a second right okay and uh mike do you remember we had a friend that worked on like the uh one of the conan mmos uh sort of okay okay i did not know he worked on that but okay yeah well one of the things they did for random monster generation uh because of the engine they were using they couldn't like just have monsters come out of nowhere 
and uh, they couldn't just have like a spawn point thing because of the way the game worked. They want uh, the publisher wanted the game to work. So what they did was they made invisible wizards that would travel around the board and just summon monsters. So a lot of games surprisingly use a hacky thing like that. Okay. Well, what if that's what Dark Matter is? It's just invisible wizards. I mean, it's... I mean, so... Maybe. (laughs) I mean, in in the sense that it could be... That it's... It could be a thing that manifests effects like matter, but is actually... You know, bullshitium could be vibrating. You know, strings. Oh, I don't want it to be string theory. I, I hate string theory. Could be vibrating butts. Butt okay. theory. Thank you, butt theory. I can get behind. But no, uh, just a tangent. You know, the game thing. A lot of uh, game systems, especially Bethesda games, use hacky workarounds. Oh yeah, like that. no, like. If there's a voice coming from nowhere, there's a room underneath you with like a NPC that's doing the voice. Yeah, yeah. Or, or, or uh, Fallout Three. Fallout Three. Yes, that was a video game. There, there was a train vehicle or something like that. Those something I'm trying to remember. Maybe it was uh, New Vegas, but in one of the Fallout games, there was a train. Or some form of vehicle oh, that moved. Oh, I remember and this. They because of the engine they were running on, it didn't have a non-character entity. And the easiest way they could figure out to do it was to give an NPC a helmet that looked like a train and have it run under the ground. And you just saw the helmet above ground. So you were sitting in a dude's Well, head. no, you couldn't sit in it. It wasn't a occupiable oh, oh, vehicle, oh. but it was a thing you saw go by yeah. in a, you know, not a cutscene, but in an overworld in the event. It's a fucking helmet. And it's a fucking helmet on an NPC. <laughs> because Gamebryo. Yeah. So stupid Gamebryo tricks. Yeah. Could so, be a whole podcast. That would be fun. <laughs> so, all right, Mike. Thank you for that. And, and stuff like that is some of the, the thoughts behind simulation theory. It's like, mm-hmm. which we have an episode where we've uh, tossed we're, around doing We're about doing it. it next week, actually. Next week? I thought it was, well, I guess next week is next month. But. Yeah. Well, the bill got gonna, pushed up. Yeah. Uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to talk about that next week. And so consider that a little preview. Uh, I'm going to be talking about the brain in a jar theory. I don't know what David's going to be talking about. Clark's got the whole simulacrum thing going. And then Mike's going to tell us why we're all a bunch of idiots. No, but I yeah. will like punch holes in the theories. As, sure. You know, my best layperson uh, grasp of science can do. Sure. Now, David, have you got another story for us? I do have one last story. It's another cute one. I, okay. I felt cute this week. I could, because, um, like, you know... <laughs> feeling cute, I don't know, may, you know... Delete do a podcast, podcast later. later. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so in Oita, Japan, uh, and I'm sure I'm butchering the pronunciation of that... Of course uh, you are. Work, 
we're, we're, we're familiar with onsens, right? We've yeah, seen the, the bathhouses, right? The things the, where you yeah. can... The, the hot spr- springs. Yeah, the hot spring bathhouse. I would love to. So, so Ita, uh, Oita is uh, famous for onsens, but they're also going to become a spaceport in 2022. Really? I, think I heard something yes. about that. Yeah. So How the hell is I'm that? Gonna, is this I'm, like... I'm gonna read, oh. Before you go on, they're, they're going to be... Is this like... Jackson has an international airport because they got the name off of an international house of pancakes? Um, That's not true. I, I will go ahead and read this uh, this Google <laughs> translation and it's okay. going to give us all of our answers. Please do. Okay, so, Oita Airport becomes Asia's first horizontal spaceport. Rocket launch in 2022. Do you know spaceport? A spaceport is a port for people and artificial satellites to go to space. In 2020, Oita Airport signed a partnership with Virgin Orbit of the United States. It has become a horizontal spaceport that launches rockets equipped with artificial satellites horizontally in the air instead of vertically. In 2022, we are aiming to launch the first artificial satellite from Oita Airport and to launch 20 times in 10 years. There is good reason for Oita Space Nuonsen. Horizontal spaceport just makes me think of the horizontal mambo. It makes me wonder if that's Having being translated correctly. Onsen SpaceX. Onsen SpaceX. Wait, did they do that? Was that what Space Dandy was about? Probably. Okay. So, uh, yeah, they signed a deal with uh, Virgin uh, Orbit, and the idea is that they will. Uh, that. that that takeoff where they have a plane that carries the rocket and then the rocket takes off. Ah. So that that's what this place is. So this airport is becoming a spaceport. But in order to promote this, because this this prefecture has uh, very popular onsens and then it also has this uh, coming spaceport, they are promoting it with a new mascot who is a gray, one of the alien. <laughs> I I and, yes. If you go to the uh, website, you get a link to the Instagram, uh, which is mobile, <laughs> and they also filmed all these promotional videos with like secret camera footage of an alien. Mm-hmm. So they have an alien who's in the hot spring bath. Oh, that's adorable. Onsen Prefecture Crop Circle, uh, <laughs> discovery and captured alien photo. So, oh, it's just, it's very cute. And it's, it's this guy, you know, because Japan loves their mascots. Oh, God, they got um, a mascot for everything. I have a mascot in Japan. Follow <laughs> uh, the, uh, I think it's called Mondo Mascots Twitter account. And it just gives you all the different mascots from all the different Japanese companies. Right, it's yeah. Um, but yeah, this prefecture, their um, new mascot is this gray. And they've been doing these little videos and photos. And it's so adorable. He's so cute. It is. Like, it's not terrifying at all uh i was expecting it to be a lot worse um because but i did think it was funny japanese uh spaceport onsen and and let's have the mascot being be the the sexual molestation alien well, well and it's great because like the first photo they upload to the instagram is this little alien in the in the little onsen tub and he's got mm-hmm. his little towel on his head which is great, and then and then the second one, he's sitting there eating. Uh, looks to be like a uh, uh, chicken dish mm-hmm. in a restaurant, and he's just—it's it, just—it's very cute. I'm sorry, I can't it help is. but love it. Well, I mean, I love the captured alien photo here, where it's like just this adorable little gray with mm-hmm. his couple. <laughs> it's just like he's—he's he's so excited to be there. 
Oh, it's or, not a couple. It's a couple uh, of uh, older Japanese ladies holding his hands. It's just mm-hmm. cute. Well, and we, when we talked about the Flatwoods monster, like we talked about how Japan is like super interested in in UFOs and stuff. Yeah. And this is just kind of another example of that thing, and it's 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 cool that they're going with like that traditional kind of gray iconography here. Yes, I I love that. The only way it'd be better is if like the Flatwoods monster did in fact show up for a crossover. And I especially love the little logo they have. If you take a look at the website, where it's, yes, it, it's a combination of it looking like it's in a UFO, but it's also in the onsen with a little steam above its head. Mm-hmm. Like I, I love that, and I would love to see that as like a tattoo. Yeah, that, that's so cute. Oh my god. I know it's really cool. Um, I it's one of those things where like if I had my druthers, I'd. I'd go there as part of the weird shit world tour. Mm-hmm. So I'd love to do that. I'd go go to all the weird Japanese things. I'm pretty sure there's lots of uh, weird oh, things. Yeah, I have a, a YouTube channel for anyone who's listening to check out um, Abroad in Japan. Uh, there's a British YouTuber named Chris Broad, and he uh, he's been living in Japan, but he's been doing these incredible videos. Yeah, he did a uh, yeah. Did you see his journey across the J- Japan series where he biked down Japan? I don't, I didn't, but Kit has shown me some of his videos because he's always finding interesting videos about Japan to show me. Oh, you totally need to see his set that he had built. It this will isn't make you the, the same. Most jealous motherfucker. It will make you the most <laughs> jealous person on earth. This isn't the same guy that plays the traditional Japanese string instrument, is it? No, no this is a uh, this is a British gentleman who's living right. in Japan. But he made his own. Like he he ordered. Uh, he had set builders, like professional set uh, set builders, build himself a set in his studio, and it's like a combination of like. 1980s Tokyo streets with neon and he has a noodle bar and then in the background there's like Blade Runner like cityscape loop in the background oh wow oh it is it is the most incredible thing so if you get a chance to check out uh, Chris Broad at Abroad in Japan mm-hmm. uh, totally worth it like his videos have been so much fun I'm gonna I'm gonna go check it out after we're done yeah. actually he, he also do, yeah like um I, I remember when i first stumbled onto the channel i watched like five of those videos at, like three in the morning i'm just sitting on my couch <laughs> just like oh the, this is so fucking cool <laughs> yeah i i liked uh james may's uh japan tour series mm-hmm. i forget what it's called but you know i just like and who doesn't like james may that's very that's true, true. So, it was a little, you know, it was very, you know, light and, you know. I think they did one of those uh, idiot abroads with um, Ricky think Gervais you're right. and Carl oh, Pilkington yeah. in Japan as well. Those were always fun. Yeah, those were. So, um, yeah, I would love to go to that thing. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so, all that being said, we've got one more segment to go because we don't have questions this week. I did not have time to put out a call for questions. But that's okay, because this this week, this segment, X gonna give it to you. X gonna give it to you what? All right. <laughs> yeah. All righty. So the thread I picked, um, I'm not going to read the question yet, but I'm going to describe what the picture is, and then you tell me what the context is. Uh-oh. Okay, so uh, we're familiar with SpongeBob SquarePants, I assume? Uh, Yes. Do we remember the episode that depicts Patrick riding in, uh, riding a, a quarter machine like seahorse in the middle of a void? Okay, let me explain. I am familiar with SpongeBob SquarePants, but that does not mean I have watched SpongeBob SquarePants. I've seen like a 
double handful of episodes, maybe. So, not a lot. You disappoint me, gentlemen. Okay, so there's an episode where SpongeBob jumps into the dreams of the different people in Bikini Bottom. Mm -hmm. And when he gets into Patrick's dream, it's just Patrick sitting in a void on one of those little, like, 25-cent rocking... Yeah, like little horse horses. things. In yeah. front of grocery yeah. stores mm -hmm. that your mom so, would put you on to keep you shut, shut you to shut you up <laughs> while she, like, went and got a pack of smokes. Yep. Not a specific so memory at all. <laughs> <laughs> So it's a picture of that, but the the thread question is, what are dreams? Hmm. So, what are dreams? What are dreams? Yeah, I I got an answer. So a, please go for it. Yeah, so go for it while I think. I my the way I always you know understand dreams to be from you know both what i've read and my own experiences your dreams are where you process a lot of shit like there's a lot of stuff that happens through you throughout throughout your day and your life that you just don't you know completely process you don't work through yeah. it all and like, so your like why dreams, your uncle touched uh why your uncle touched you in that place oh, yeah. yeah i get it but, but your dreams are where your brain tries to figure that shit out. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's just kind of, it's sorting. It's going through your shit and like, oh, I don't need that. I don't need that uncle touching me thing. I need this, you know, 80s jingle from a fast food chain that went out of business <laughs> in 1993. Why is it so goddamn here. important? Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> it made me feel something. Yeah, that wasn't a hand. In a now, bad place, but but also it. I'm trying to try to try to gather my thoughts here. It's also, kind of simulation because I notice a lot of times my dreams, especially the more stressful ones. I would call them nightmares exactly, but Anxiety they seem to be dreams. Yeah, they seem to be throwing me into situations where I have to like figure something out. Or May something not. that's extrapolated through something that you're going through at the time. Yeah. And so it's just your your brain trying to be like, okay, okay, the nuclear bombs drop. What the fuck am I going to do? Okay. Um, that, yes. That's kind of what I think of it. It's, it's just your brain, you know, in its computational weirdness trying to make sense of the world and make, you know, prepare for the future as best it can. Well, what about you, Kevin? I used, there have been times where I'm kind of on Mike's page, and I do think that is part of the process. I also think it's sort of like uh, running a defrag on your hard drive, um, you know, where it is sorting through data yeah. and committing it. Because the, the, the uh, axiom sleep on it, you know, mm -hmm. definitely has truth. Somewhere. Yeah. No, I mean, you, you do something and. While you keep trying something, some a difficult task, it just doesn't come to you. You literally sleep on it, and then the next day, it's just like, easy as fuck. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I think that also, and Mike's going to just poo-poo all over this, because I'm about to talk about a bunch of woo-woo stuff. Uh, I think that dreams are also sort of a uh, connecting up with the collective unconscious to a degree. 
and maybe some data stored in the cloud, maybe some data is downloaded from the cloud, as it were. And I hate that we keep using fucking internet terms for this, or in computer terms. But like, here's here's the thing: I thought dreams were like Mike was talking about until I started being able to have lucid dreams, and. I started going, well, that's interesting. Like, I'm in a dream. I'm completely asleep. I'm having this thing. But I'm aware I'm in a dream because the situation just, my brain won't accept the situation. So, fuck it. I'm going to fly. So, like, I'll fly and start doing stuff and be aware. Yeah, I'm in a dream. I'm having fun. Yeah. Woo! But also, and I know Mike's going to say, you know, false memory or something, but, like, when I was young, real young, I had a dream that I was standing, and Mike, you've heard this story, right? Probably. Okay. Uh, we have a uh, department ch- uh, department store chain in the southeast uh, based on North Carolina called Roses. And I had a dream that I was on the back aisle of our local Roses talking to a little short guy about uh, Star Wars. I was like, that's weird. No, no. But the day I was standing on the back aisle next to a pallet of bleach talking to a short guy that used to be a friend of mine about Star Wars, and I remember that dream because I remember the dream like prior to that. It's not like a suddenly, oh, you know, it's I wasn't having like a deja vu. It's a it's one of those weird dreams. I always wonder what the hell it meant. Because it's like, it's oddly specific. And I was like, oh no. Why couldn't it have been lottery numbers? <laughs> eh. I mean, I just don't think the future is predictable. I think little shit's predictable. I don't think you can predict, like, major... I don't know if you can predict major events or whatnot, I, but, like... I think... I think... I, that, do, I do believe you dreamt that, mm-hmm. but it was such a generic dream... Sure. ...that any situation could have, you know, a bunch of situations could have filled it. And I agree, and, I agree that, and yes, it probably it's was, incredibly vague. Probably a combination of a vague memory and then a deja vu Moment. at the same time. Sure. Yeah, I can, um, but I can I had, see that. I had a similar thing happen. So I don't remember when it was. Like, so I know the vague time period. I think I was doing, I was still working uh, security. But okay, so need some backstory. For a very repeating environment in my dreams mm-hmm. is uh, the Jackson Zoo. I think I went there when I was like really young. Um, because I like constantly, not constantly, but at least a, one or two times a year have a dream that I remember that's set there. And at the time, I think I was, this was after I had worked at Roses, mm-hmm. and but I was working security. So I had a dream when I was still working at the big security company, mm-hmm. probably the biggest security company in the world, but at their lo- at a local thing. I had a dream I was at the Jackson Zoo working security, but with a friend we had from Roses, Derrickon. Oh, man. But this was before I got a job as security at the Jackson Zoo. Like a couple years later, I ended up working there Mm -hmm. just because a friend 
you know, posted a link to that or their hiring page and I was mm-hmm. looking for work. So it, you know, the details don't, but cause in the dream I was sitting in a car with this other person that was also working security and we're sitting at the front gate, but it didn't like happen exactly like that, but it was no. a very similar kind of, I dreamt something that did technically happen. Right. What if what if it's like that one scene in the actual novel of Dune where he's lo- where Paul gets out and he's looking out at the desert and he's like this isn't exactly like the dream Duncan was with us. Mm. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Mm. See, see, I'm I'm more along the lines of like, yeah, it's your brain kind of processing information and like trying to like make make sense of it in its own weird way with with my dreams the the thing that the most common thing that i have in that is just the way that space operates within my dreams um Mm -hmm. it's akin to like not being in actual places but rather everything is a set and all the sets are connected Hmm, so like I'll i'll be in like a living room and then like i'll go through a doorway and all of a sudden i'll find myself in high school like uh, the two sets are connected. Uh, it's one of those weird things that, like, it's a common thing in my dream where it it, it freaks me out, man. It, it's so weird because like, I love like facial ambiguity and like horror and media because it's disorienting and everything like that. And mm-hmm. I think it's that's just the way my brain operates. Interesting. Uh, yeah. yeah, my environments seem to be very malleable in that Same. I don't remember moving a lot, but they'll like change while i'm just doing something even the people like just change yeah yeah a lot of a lot of my dreams involve like actually going from like one lo- location to a next and it's just like okay i turn a corner and we're on the new set i mean that's what it feels like it's very weird it's like i'm talking to someone and then i turn to talk to someone else and i'm like in a different location but of course it doesn't i will say i am jealous of your lucid dreaming kevin because yeah. every time every time i realize i'm dreaming and start to lucid dream i wake up there i don't know how to explain it it. it's like it really comes from like realizing you're in a dream but not being shocked that you're in a dream i don't don't, i realize i'm in a dream and i'm like hey i get to do the thing i like okay so either two things that happen of course i've just about every time like everyone else i try to fly Mm -hmm. either i wake up or i start i lose control of the dream and sub subliminate back into the dream and yeah just keep the dream just continues and i have no control well like when i sublimate that's what i want to say when it happens with me the first time it happened i was having this dream involving like um like alice in wonderland or something i was shrinking and i was terrified and I was like, this is a dream. I don't have to do this. And I grabbed a couple of blades of grass and pulled myself back up to regular size. And I couldn't get any height, but I could, like, hover. I thought so you were like, going to gain, like, width, and you're just, like, a really <laughs> wide boy. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what happened. I became a uh, width man. But I, uh, so I was shot shooting on your universe as it sat in the box. Yes, exactly. That instead of just, Futurama. Yes, just like Futurama, where they pulled the universe into its own box. <laughs> so, anyway, I'm. I just start shooting along the ground like uh, flying, like something out of Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> and then, 
after that, I started to like gradually be able to do it more frequently. But it's always when it's like something I'm not like comfortable with or upsets me. Mm-hmm. And like when I do slip back into it being a dream, the last time it happened. I realized it was a dream, so I, like, jumped off the ground and started flying, and, like, I lost control of the dream again, but I kept the superpowers. So it was kind of interesting. You know what would be really neat? Um, next time we have our dreams, I think we should all write them down, and we should just do an episode where we, like, like a little bonus thing where we, we describe those dreams. Sure, I'll go I, get I my dream journal be, back out. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I do have some comments from this thread that I would like to read, if that's oh, okay. absolutely. And Mike, okay. uh, you, you cool with trying to write down dreams? Sure. Awesome. I, I think it would just be an interesting little little thought experiment. Just um, Sure. Yeah, then we can, we can psychoanalyze each other. Or, that won't lead to problems. Well, if we got enough material, hell, we could do a whole episode on it. We could do we'll a get, whole we'll episode on dreams. <laughs> yeah, and then we could just sit there and go, Wow. You're I'm fucking nuts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, so okay. I'm just, just going to read a couple of comments here, and then uh, feel free to share your thoughts on this. Sure thing. So this first one I have to read is in an accent because of a specific word that they used. What was, what? Dreams are impartial, spontaneous products of the unconscious psyche outside of the control of the will. So they obviously did Z instead of V. Ah, well... I was going to say is uh, now when you say the will, is it the triumph of the will? Ooh, I hope not. I but hope it's not as well. So probably. Yeah. Okay, so here's a good one. Uh, in a reply to that thread, what are dreams? Mm-hmm. Some can be messages from higher self to lower self. Some can re- be represented. Uh, I'm sorry. Some can be represent objective obstacles. <laughs> Some are trivial blobs of information. All are to be judged by you subjectively. If there is if there is interest in them, document. Start a journal. Upon waking up, write down all discernible details. After this, simply reflect on the possible meanings. Which, aside from like the grammatical issues, is actually kind of interesting advice. <laughs> yeah, no. Okay. Well, I mean, definitely the interpretation thing, but never get a book about it. <laughs> right. Because I um, had a thousand and one dreams interpreted, and let me tell you something, that is some bullshit. <laughs> Yeah, because cause the symboli- symbology of a dream is really only important to you. Yeah, I mean, there are like you, certain art types, but like... Like, like mm. a uh, a cat in a dream, to me, means a completely different thing to say anyone else that maybe doesn't like cats. Yeah. <laughs> like Warren. If Warren had a dream about cats, it's not a good dream. It'd be, it'd be I'm uncomfortable <laughs> because they make me miserable. All right. I, I got two more comments here. So Great. Seems like a probable vehicle for interface with psychic forces, whatever they are. No one will convince me there's nothing paranormal, potentially in more ways than one, about the bizarre stream of hallucinations, which absolutely are influenced by our subconscious. But what is that, and are its mechanics purely internal? You can't answer a question with more questions. Yeah, well, see, so the, the problem is, is, yeah, I mean it's we can't we don't know until we can you know know exactly what's going on in the head meat of people you know it yeah it's it's all conjecture and guesstimations until we basically map it out 
Yeah, yeah. The, the only power in dreams is what you ascribe to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a Rorsch- it's like a, a Rorschach test. Sort you of. know, so so if if you have a dream and if it motivates you to to accomplish something, uh, you know, and, the, and like accomplish something like good, then yeah, I mean that dream was powerful, but that, it's kind of like right. an after the fact sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, okay, and then here's the last one. Okay. For me, there are things that make you really depressed when you wake up and realize they were just dreams. Yes. Yeah. 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 Give me an example, Mike. Um. They're they're kind of sad. Oh, okay. Like I, I've, dad stuff. You no, know, no, no, no. It's a little more. I wouldn't say pathetic, but uh, I know what you mean. Okay. But it's no. I was just gonna say it's you know I'm I'm the single guy here, and you know I've had several dreams where it's like you know meeting an awesome person and you wake mm. up and you know oh it was just a dream. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Oh, it makes me sad. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so, <art. laughs> well, I had one that I was in this incredible world full of like uh, futuristic castles and paving stones, and it was like teleportation mm. and all this amazing stuff. And there was a robed figure with me. And for the first time, I felt like I'd actually found where I was supposed to be. I felt normal, and everyone around was like, they weren't like me, but everybody was like weird like me. Like you could tell by the way they were acting and the things they were interested in, and it was like really cool. And then it turned into my backyard, and I was like... Did they get, did they get really excited about Christmas lights? Is that how you knew? <laughs> Shut up. But also, while I was in that world, the the whatever it was in the hood looked at me and said, this is where you're actually from. This is your home. This is your home world. And when I ended up back in the backyard, I was like, why would you take me from there? Why would you even show me that? And he pulled the thing back. And, of course, it was uh, the Grim Reaper skull. And he just looked at me and was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> and then I woke up. <laughs> Jesus. Oh my god! And I was yeah. so fucking depressed uh, for the next week. We're we're gonna have to do a dream episode. Yeah. Uh, my my experience. <laughs> my experience was I dreamt that I had gotten a full time position at the college, Oof. and then I woke up oh. and I. Yeah, I was just. Oh, oh, a lot of my dreams, amazingly, are all like financial anxiety dreams. Uh, mm. I've had I've had yeah. but I have had a few where you know it's like dream job kind of you know situations. Um, mm. you know, I think I probably had at least one or two where I dreamt, you know, I was like rich or something and kind of sad to wake up to, but you had mentioned the, you know, the dad thing, but I, I have had dreams about people that have passed and they, they tend mm-hmm. to not, when I wake up, I'm tend to not be sad about you it. You know, I'm the same way. I it's think, like, well, I saw them again, you know, it's gotta be cathartic a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the, the and I'm going to save like more details about this for the dream episode when we do it, but um, I think the worst nightmare I've ever had, and maybe the worst one Mike ever had, was that my mom was alive. Yeah, I wouldn't even say the worst nightmare, but it was a bit stressful. It was a stress dream. Oh, well, mine was a nightmare. Like, to, uh, full on. She well, was, yeah. and not like zombie. Like, she had she had just been gone. Yeah, and I've, I've had the same dream, and it was a little just like, oh, God, she's back. It wasn't and, even back. It's just kind of like, I knew there was this dread feeling. Uh-huh. 
it's like in the dream i didn't know she was supposed to be gone or maybe it yeah. was like why is she, not like i knew she was dead but it's like she was gone before that why yeah what happened now and the um, thing is david we're both talking about my mom yeah his mom oh jesus christ <laughs> yeah, his mom was a bit of work well we'll talk about this during the dream episode when we do that which i'm excited about that now this is going to be a great episode when we do it but you were going to say something else mike um not really i mean okay. she wasn't like super horrible but it she was just, if you had seen her you'd know oh yeah well she yeah. she kind of did look she like was a, a, something a leash would uh or she looked like a lich a lich she or looked like a lich a, uh, a uh, necromancer would have rose from the disco era yes yeah. disco necromancer yeah disco so, necro i like that okay so all right uh last thing i want to ask both of you real quick just a quick fun question before we wrap up mike you've said head meat several times mike what kind of meat do you think is in your head what kind of meat product uh oh oh um um gosh is it bologna? No, it's not bologna. Beef. Potted meat. Potted meat? Yes. You get you know, potted meat. The, 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 the little can you yeah. open up and spread on crackers. Yeah, that's yeah. what it is. Okay, David, what kind of meat's in your head? Little Smokies wrapped in bacon dipped in barbecue sauce. Oh, God, you a bitch. Fuck. Can I change my answer? No. God damn it. God damn it. Okay, what, and mine is cotto salami. Mm. You know, with little pepper corns in it. I, I, uh, I do like a good uh, uh, gabagool. I hate biting into those peppercorns. Oh, I love it. They're like bursts of pain and mace. Burning. Yeah, I love them. <laughs> but you do have the best meat in your head, David. <laughs> just, just so you know, you I won didn't know the that head was an meat. option. Yeah, well. It would have been like, you know, uh, my head is a uh, slow cooker full of meatballs or something. Ooh, that would have been nice. All right. Well, look, thanks for listening, everybody. That's been our epi- I almost said our dream episode. Shit. <laughs> nope. We talked about dreams so it's much. It's just the weekend weird. That's been the weekend weird for this Ooh. week. We'll be back next week with simulation theory and the simulacrum. So, uh, let's see. David, what you got to plug? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and plug... Uh, um, kids stuff my chucky podcast we just did an episode that's like top five kills from the franchise with my guest uh jenny gonzalez awesome a lot of fun a lot of fun uh, mm-hmm. show's probably gonna be like monthly from here on out because i don't have to do an episode every week Woo-hoo. all right mike anything you got uh coming up on this show you want to talk about no but i would like to plug my ears la 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 i can't hear you la 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 <laughs> All right, and of course me, you can find me here every week with my fellow hosts. And uh, just remember, if you want to get in touch with us or find out anything at all, you can find all our information at supernatpod.rocks. You can hit us up on Twitter at supernatpod. You can find us on Facebook at supernatpod. Uh, Don't forget to join us on our Discord. There is a link on the website. Uh, thank you guys for being here. As always, it has been super fun doing the show with you. You're welcome. Thank you. All right. So that's about it. So uh, tune in next week for more fun. And until then, stay safe and stay frosty. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Reality is an illusion by gold. Don't forget to buy gold slogger and send it into cash for gold and make them send the booze back. Yes. <laughs>